Hello and welcome back to another episode. If you don't recognize my voice, I'm Amelia Braddock. I'm a journalist, reviewer for everything theatre and musical fanatic. I'm very excited to be speaking with Alexander Berange today and chatting about his new musical, I Wish My Life Were Like a Musical, which is now on at Wilton's Music Hall until the 9th of September. Hi, Alexander. How are you doing? Hi, Amelia. I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you. For those unfamiliar with your work, could you please give a brief background of who you are and what you've worked on in the past? With pleasure. My background is partly in writing musicals and music for theatre and partly in writing comedic songs. So most recently I was represented in the West End by Spitting Image, the musical, for which yeah. I composed music. And in terms of my comedic songwriting, I'm possibly best known for my many witty ditties, as people have referred to them, for outlets like BBC Radio 4 or the BBC World Service, as well as for an album called Wit and Whimsy, which was a compilation of my comedic songs performed by the likes of Miriam Margulies and Christopher Biggins and Nigel Planer and many then stars, which uh, we were all thrilled to uh, have reach uh, number one in the iTunes comedy album charts. Oh, congratulations. That's oh, well, thank you on behalf of us all. <laughs> and so your, your new show, I Wish My Life Were Like a Musical, could you also give a brief background about that for those who are unfamiliar? Yes, with pleasure. So I Wish My Life Were Like a Musical is essentially a comedic musical review that reveals everything you could possibly want to know about being a musical theatre performer, if only there were any who would dare to admit it, plus <laughs> everything about the devotees, detractors and disruptors who they perform to. So it covers the journey from wide-eyed drama student all the way through to brattish diva or past it chorus member. Um, <laughs> and along the way, it lifts the lid on the awful auditions, the debilitating dance routines, the mid-performance mishaps, the backstage backstabbing, the super fans, the harsh critics, uh, not forgetting those magical moments that make it all worthwhile. Yeah, I I saw it a couple of days ago and I absolutely loved it. And um... oh, thank you. <laughs> so how how did the idea for it? How how did it come about? And how long did it take for you to write? Well, the germ of the idea sprouted in my mind when another show of mine was being done on a cruise several years ago. And I was on board the ship for a couple of weeks. And something that I noticed pretty much every evening without fail was that when I was dining with the cast and members of the creative team, the passengers on board the ship would gravitate towards our table and ply the cast members of our show with all manner of questions about their day-to-day -day lives. And they seemed genuinely interested in what went on in a performer's life between the time when the curtain fell on a performance and then arose on the next one. And a lot of these people seem to have many well-meaning preconceptions and misconceptions that, for example, even the lowliest chorus member would be put up in a 
five-star hotel <laughs> all around the country when a show went on tour or that they might be ferried from their front door to the stage door in a chauffeur-driven limousine. And I figured that if I came up with this show that was brutally honest, but also ideally very funny, it could be revelatory to lay people, uh, relatable to those with a passing interest in musical theatre, and hopefully amusing to both sets of people. I mean, I felt very smug, you know, picking up on the subtle musical references. Oh, yes. Oh, um, we do love a musical quotation or two. I mean, that was, that was one of the things really I did to contribute to the, the musical humour yeah. of the songs, because obviously people often think about comedic songs as having uh, words, lyrics that are designed to be funny. But what's very important for me is to uh, have the music convey some of that feeling as well. And I'm delighted that, that you and in fact so many other audience members have picked up on so many of the musical quotations that are in the songs. Although what's lovely is that people who don't really have that much of a knowledge of musical theatre uh, don't seem to be missing missing out, so to speak, in that I deliberately didn't want to make the piece too in-jokey, either musically or lyrically. So if you don't pick up on a, on a single uh, musical quote or, or musical Easter egg, as we like to call them, it doesn't matter. But, but, but those who do will certainly be richly rewarded, I think. Yeah. I think the, the show presents sort of various styles of musical theatre and mm. even within the songs, they're sort of um, dissecting themselves. So, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Even if there's, you know, the, the hello, for example, from the Book of Mormon in the... Oh, yeah. um, even if someone, you know, isn't familiar with that show or doesn't get the reference, they will still understand your opening number, particularly the bit where it's like you're sitting in your seat and waiting yes. for for the for the lights to go down and that kind of thing um did you have any particular uh, genre of musical theater in mind whilst you were writing or did you sort of want to include as many musical styles as possible I wanted to include as many as possible, really. I mean, the wonderful thing about musical theatre is it spans such a huge range of musical genres. I'm always amazed when people try and pigeonhole the sound of musicals into one distinct style, when yeah. it does really embrace everything from hip-hop to something that's far more operatic and, and everything in between. Um, yeah. And some of the, the, the songs are obviously, you know, completely original and devoid of any musical quotations. And for those, yeah. I just kind of delved deep into my knowledge of general musical theatre and into my own uh, creativity hopefully to produce something that was in the relevant style so for example we have a number about an onstage kiss between two co-stars who aren't necessarily in the most amicable working relationship um and and there isn't a single musical quotation in that one but it's very very reminiscent of the big schmaltzy dare I say ballads that people yeah. might associate from from musicals particularly of the uh, 80s and 90s and noughties um 
Whereas, for example, something like the opening number, which is the song that uh, contains the, the, the elements that you were just referring to. With that, what I really did was I went away and I listened to loads of famous opening numbers from musicals. And mm. then I crafted something that was entirely original in both music and lyrics. But if you listen very carefully, certainly to the music, nearly every line of music from our opening number is yeah. actually taken from a different well-known opening number from well-known musicals. And as we were saying earlier, if you don't pick up on that, that's fine. The overall effect is that it still sounds like a big, typical razzle-dazzle musical theatre opening number. How many references do you think <sighs> to... Oh, my musicals? word. Have, have you, have you have, counted them up? No, I, I haven't counted them up. There must be hundreds. <laughs> There must be hundreds, yeah. uh, and, and some of whom, you know, some of which are probably only appreciated by people on the on the third or fourth hearing. And what's lovely yeah. is that both uh, in Edinburgh and already in London, we've had people, you know, making return visits because you know they do fall into the category of the the musical theatre cognoscenti, and they do want to dig a little deeper and you know try and pick up as many as on as many of these musical quotes as possible. But as I was saying, if you don't get a single one. It's fine because, you know, you don't actually require any background knowledge of any musical in particular or indeed of the, you know, of musical theatre as a genre to be yeah. able to, to, to take away from the show what its, it's, it, it's uh, intention is. Yeah. One of the most, um, the funniest songs for me was the, the song I Love to Sing. Um, oh, yes. And I can imagine that that must be so difficult to perform because you're Indeed. just slightly, slightly flat or slightly sharp. So I was really impressed that that was pulled off. I mean, we are blessed with fantastic performers, that has to be said. Yeah. Um, and indeed, yes, I Love to Sing is kind of my tribute, in inverted commas, to the phenomenon mm -hmm. of uh, celebrity casting, where yeah. maybe uh, people's fame uh, is not quite on a par with their vocal chops and uh, we sometimes experience the uh the singing struggles of celebrities who find themselves catapulted into musicals and uh, and yes i mean it, it does take a really really great singer to be able to sing deliberately slightly off key and we're blessed you know for in the track that performs that particular song to have the great Julie Yamini, who um, many of your listeners will have recently seen in Bonnie and Clyde in the West End, yeah. um, and in fact all of our all of our cast, the others being Jennifer Caldwell, Ridian Mark, and Seb Koshgarian, they're mm -hmm. all great in terms of having not only the vocal and choreographic abilities, but also the innate comedic skills and the necessary. To put on, uh, to put over numbers like 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 this, and you know, so so they should have. They've been in you know musicals from Wicked to Les Miserables to Mamma Mia to Phantom of the Opera to the yeah. Rocky Horror Show to Six. So they've they've got plenty experience of 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 treading the boards and indeed of 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 being and working with the very musical theatre performers that they're personifying in this show. So how how did the current cast get involved with the? project was it sort of long auditions hopefully uh you know very dissimilar to the audition song <laughs> oh <But> yes yes <laughs> no, we were we we were uh, uh i like to like to say um uh, 
a, a much friendlier panel um, <laughs> and our candidates were, were were much humbler and more able than the character auditioning that we we present in the show. Um, <laughs> but yes, it was uh, it was an audition process. We saw loads of fantastic people. Uh, we being the director choreographer. Uh, Matthew Parker, our associate producer, Jack Robertson, on behalf of James Seabright, whose production it is. And we saw some phenomenal talent. I mean, one of the wonderful and awful things about this industry is that, you know, there, there are so many brilliant, brilliant, brilliant people out there. Yeah. Um, and there's there's never seems to be enough, enough, uh, you know, enough productions to to have all of them in so we really were spoiled for choice and we worked with them all during the audition process and then they came on board and we initially had uh, a few days leading up to a performance at West End Live uh, yeah. in Trafalgar Square yeah. which people can still see on YouTube um, and then we reassembled after a month or so uh, for a couple of weeks of rehearsals which led us to four weeks in Edinburgh and now two weeks in London. Um, and what's lovely about uh, returning to the show, because it's been around for a few years in various iterations, is it's really the kind of piece where performers do get to put their individual stamps on the song. It's never one where each performer's interpretation ends up being exactly, or even in some cases remotely, like those who've uh, who've who've um, interpreted the songs before. There's so much room for fresh ideas because a lot of it is comedic. There's different ways to be funny. There's different ways to present these characters. And as I said, although the show has had various incarnations before, both in this country and internationally, um, in the James Seabright production, that is the one that's currently at Wilton's, we're actually presenting three brand new songs that I've written specially for for the production, which takes a look at the lives of those in the audience that our musical theatre performers are performing to, be they the super fans or the secret fans or those with a loathing for musicals but who've been dragged along to a performance or yeah. let us not forget those who sit in the auditorium and the whole time are talking or texting or stuffing their faces or singing along. We felt that had to be included because it's been such a hot and newsworthy topic of late. So it was particularly exciting to bring those new songs to life, of which there are several, um, because those had never been performed before. And so those were a little bit of a voyage of discovery for all of us in just experimenting with them in playing with them in, in the rehearsal room and then ultimately in 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 seeing how they how they went down in edinburgh and now in london which uh thankfully has been has been extremely well yeah and you mentioned the the secret fans um oh, yeah. yeah there is uh this song dedicated to the secret fans and yes. i um i found the the sort of the the theater critic character to be uh the most amusing you know the one who's oh. sort of Loves doing yes. Beckett and very, you know, serious, highbrow uh, shows, but secretly loves a good musical. Yes. And why? Why do you think that people are sort of, perhaps ashamed is too is too strong a word, but they sort of hide their love of musicals. Like, why is there a sort of, you know, a snobbery surrounding musicals? That's an excellent question. 
Um, there is definitely a snobbery. Uh, perhaps uh, they are generalised and perceived yeah. as being overly commercial, overly simplistic, overly designed to provide pure escapism rather than brain work. And as I was saying earlier, musicals come in all shapes and sizes uh, yeah. musically, but also in terms of what they set out to achieve. And I don't have a problem with shows that just provide escapism and just allow you to switch your brain off. Um, but let's not forget that there are many, many, many musicals which, you know, uh, I think have seriously more uh, complexity and intelligence and craft, dare I say, um, yep. than many pieces which might be referred to as, as serious dramas. But maybe because they are musicals, they get lumped together into what people perceive musical theatre as, as, as being or doing. I think it's possibly the people who actually dare I say, don't know that much about musical theatre, or maybe uh, perhaps through no fault of their own, have only seen a very, very um, narrow spectrum of musicals. Maybe they've only seen um, a certain kind of show, which maybe has led them to believe that all musicals are going to be like that. Um, it is an interesting one. I think, um, you know, it's, it's lovely that so many people are out and proud about their, their love of musicals, but there are there are definitely many, many people out there for whom musical theatre is is a guilty pleasure. And uh and yeah, I'm pleased that, that song resonated with you because uh we've certainly had had had, had many audience members who've who've uh, found it amusing and or been able to to relate to it themselves. Absolutely. And I think you know in your show there are those humorous songs like you know we've discussed but I think the one song that was so lovely to hear uh, was Magic's Making Me. Uh, it was so sincere. And I mean, it was such a lovely finale song. And it really, I think, sums up, you know, why I particularly love musicals. Um, oh, and it was just great. I, that. <laughs> I mean, that, that was certainly the intention with that song, because as we've discussed, the show is largely comedic and yeah. it does present all of those scenarios, all of those characters from the diva to the yeah. understudy who spends the entire night backstage praying that the lead actor will get ill or <laughs> die just so they get a chance to go on. Yeah. To the celebrity who's been cast purely for their fame and not for their vocal chops, uh, yeah. to all, all kinds of other performers or audience members that we might see. But something that we did really want to answer the question of at the end is having seen all of these challenges of being in a musical that the songs are presented and you know we present them in a very very comedic light um but we did want to answer the question of why the actors put themselves through it you know what makes it all worthwhile even if they've just had to do an onstage kiss with someone they can't stand, <laughs> even if there are all these things going on behind the scenes or indeed in the audience that are doing their best to frustrate the performers, why is it that they keep 
at it. And, and, and that's one of a few moments in the show where we do get totally sincere. And it's a lovely moment for me as well, because we've got these four beautiful voices and we get to enjoy them in all their beauty without having to be funny and just enjoying a piece of, of writing at the end that, 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 that sets out to be sincere and reveal what, what it is that we all love about musical theatre, either being in it or experiencing it from an audience member's perspective. The different characters that you've just mentioned, all those, those yeah. fabulous characters, um, are they entirely made up or did you draw upon past experiences? With oh, there's, a, there's a lot of truth in this show. Um, <laughs> it was written partly from personal experience. Obviously, I have worked as a musical theatre writer. I've been around lots of musical theatre performers with all of their wonderful foibles. And believe me, that there are a lot of people who uh, unwittingly contributed to the uh, characters I created. But I should say that the characters are all slightly exaggerated versions. So I would say that, you know, no one real life person is represented by one real life character. The characters are also combinations of many people who I've worked with or come across or no. Um, but I should also say that part of the way in which I researched the show was to go to my musical theatre performer friends and ply them with questions about the performer's life. Yeah. Everything from doing an exhausting dance routine to having a problematic member of the company to their innermost feelings when they are performing a show and being confronted with disruptive audience members or after the show by crazy fans. And I really, on promise of anonymity, uh, managed to get all kinds of wonderful, wonderful anecdotes and real life experiences from my performer friends, um, some of which I exaggerated for comedic effect, but some of which just totally went into the show as they were. And I think that's what gives it its truth. Um, I was keen for it to be comedic. I was keen for it to be brutal, but I was very, very keen for it to be truthful. Um, and pretty much every line of the show is influenced in some way by the real life experience either of of myself or of my many performer friends who are so kind as to share their their past uh their past experiences with me and their, their current thoughts and feelings about our life spent on the stage yeah um and the show is is on at wilton's music hall until the 9th of september um, that's right what, what are the plans for, for after that? What happens next? Well, that's an excellent question and one that I wish that I had a specific answer to. But okay. as yet, I'm waiting to hear as much as everyone else is. James C. Bright is the producer of this particular production. He certainly appears to be very, very happy with how it's gone, both in terms of audience numbers and in terms of critical reaction. Um, I'm very, very pleased on behalf of the team to say that the show has now accumulated 47 five-star reviews, which I can't quite believe. So we're all hoping that it will continue. Obviously the show has 
has a life up to now. It started out in London. It's had three seasons in Edinburgh. There have been productions in South Korea and Switzerland and Canada, as well as a streamed version online. Um, and we're really hoping that the show will continue to have a life, um, particularly in this new expanded form. But since nothing is set in stone as things stand, there's a every reason for people to hurry along to Wilton's in London between now and the 9th of September, yeah. I guess. Absolutely. And where where can people find you, your your socials and that kind of thing? Uh, they can go to likeamusical.com. That's likeamusical.com. Or on Twitter and Facebook, we are like a musical. And on Instagram, we are I wish my life were like a musical. But all of those details are on the official website, which is quite simply likeamusical.com. Fabulous. Thank you so much. Thank you.